thrashing about in his delirium. Next scene. <laughs> Welcome to Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's The Vintage Pod, a monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, and Stephen B. Danley. Market data mined by Brisbane Brisbane Mike and Fantastic Pete. With tech support by The Low Art. In this month's insanely late Kivecast, Sky and Steve are joined by Dr. Grief and Perthian Mark Salati to discuss FX7. We chat about unproduced mock-ups, Presto Magics, and unveil the new Gunner Commercial Theater. Plus, lots of fun, appropriate, and some inappropriate stories about grails for under a dollar and men of steel. Our market watch features many international items over $5,000, and Sky somehow just learns about the existence of PDT-8. All of this on the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. Podcast. Wampa Wampa. Welcome to the Kivecast number 41. 41. It's, it's a funny number, Steve, 41. It is, yeah. But, uh, but what month are we in, Steve? We are in June. In June. It's actually kind of the middle of the month, so that gives me uh, nine days to, to edit this and release this, uh, hopefully this time, in the proper month. I apologize to everybody. It was a couple days late. Ah, it's worth it, though. Yep. Um, I'm kind of a star warrior, Steve. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yep. Well, you know, we're, we're going to be talking to, to fan favorite Will Grief uh, later. Yeah. That's and uh, we'll hopefully be connecting up with uh, sort of, you know how they say there's like, you know, comics, comics, you know that term, Steve? No, no, I, I haven't heard it. Oh, uh, you know, it's like there's certain comics who, you know, they're, they're liked by the public, but they're mostly <laughs> like loved by other comedians. Okay. And that's like what Louis C.K. was for a long time until he became okay. super popular. So we're going to be talking yeah. to the collector's collector, Mark Oh, Salani. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> because you know he's 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 not like super out there. He doesn't post a lot. But anyone who knows him and most of the sort of hardcore collectors consider him to be like, you know, this is it. He's the collector's collector. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, because he's in Australia, um, we are going to be calling him later. And then I'm probably going to get about three hours of sleep, Steve. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm driving to Emmaus, Pennsylvania. Really? What for? For the Pennsylvania Star Wars Collectors Club Summer Social. Oh man, awesome! Yeah, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to Celebration Europe too, but I've got Pennsylvania, so uh, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. And oh, that's I don't something. Think that's about to that's talk cool, about that, Steve. About the sort of larger collector clubs. Um, well, yeah, it's true. The East Coast, you have so many that are within like decent driving distance. Like California, you have to drive across right. the entire state <laughs> to see the other guys. But you guys have so many, yeah. right there. And it's there. it's like a it's That's a big awesome. club, so it's not just vintage, um, right? Although, of course, the vintage collectors usually yeah. wind up kind of sort of getting together and sort of you know being cool and snobby together. <laughs> yeah, what's uh, yeah. anything new in your world, Steve? Now that you are a, a master. Oh, not not too much. Works the same. Um, I do have a oh new dog, God. which is uh, yeah, that is a big, a pretty big deal. Um, his name is Digby. He's almost two years old, and he's a an insane cocker Named spaniel. Named after the Macaulay so. Culkin movie. He's been uh, 
No, no, it's actually named after a British film called Digby, the the world's okay. biggest dog. It's about this like shepherd dog that eats some radioactive food and becomes like Clifford size, I guess. But <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it, <laughs> it's actually uh, my girlfriend inspired that. She found the trailer for it and said, "Oh man, that's a perfect name for a dog," and it just made sense. But yeah, he's he's been, I guess, the thing that's dominated my life for the last. Oh, I guess that's since awesome, Steve. What what kind of dog is it? Yeah. He's like a Cocker Spaniel mix. We don't really know what he is, but uh, he was a rescue dog, and he seems pretty happy, but he uh, just can't get out of trouble. That's all. Awesome. That's well, life, you basically. can just send a picture but. to Jared, and he'll do a little dig, dig, dig B-wing pilot. Um, <laughs> did you intentionally end it with the B, oh, so be dig B-wing pilot? No. <laughs> no, but I think it, yeah, it clearly was, was meant, meant to be. be. <laughs> well, Steve, yeah. it's... It seems as though it's been 40 months leading up to the most significant character in the world, Steve. Who are we talking about this month? FX7, <laughs> and I, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's weird. The number of lines, 41 is kind of a special number for, for vintage collectors, uh, and FX7 is probably the key character, even though it's, it's no longer R5D4. Yeah, it's FX7. Um, so, you know, I, yep. I, I don't know, Steve. I, I've been sort of... I had some some movie thoughts. Uh, you know, last month I tried to get away with not okay. having one. Um, it still <laughs> came it still out. I'm looking a lot at the figure because, to be honest, Steve, I think I've thought less about FX7 than I have about any other character in the whole Star Wars universe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know it may not be too uncommon of a of yeah. A I mean, I've thought about that little really. slug deal like in Jabba's palace more than I've thought about FX7. Um, but, you know, I realize uh, he's called on the card back a medical droid. And, uh, right. Steve, you have actually watched what he does in the movie? Yeah, see, this is, it was, okay. this is totally my movie thought, too. I want to well, hear see, your take happens, on this, I actually yeah. erased yours the second I saw it because I want to be, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I want it to be a surprise. <laughs> but I think he's actually a medical <laughs> technician. I don't think he's a medical droid. Like, I think he's the person who, okay. you know, will carry the cup of frothy urine from the bathroom to the doctor. Right. Or, I mean, medical <laughs> technicians do great work. But all he does is take his little, yeah. you know, weird gimpy hand and touch the thing and then does the reverse flush, and like like in Australia where it flushes <laughs> backwards, and, and goes up. And, that, and that's all right, he does. Right. So I, I don't know. That, was that exactly, exactly what you were thinking, yeah. Steve? Well, it, I just – I was wondering what exactly that action right. meant. <laughs> and uh, and this kind of ties into to my movie thought. It's kind of going into the, the figure itself. But on the Power of the Force coin – this is all it says. He's trained in basic first aid. So that's what he's doing. It's that's that's the Star Wars equivalent of basic first aid of just sticking his arm up to the to the chamber and releasing it. That's if yeah, it was only that basically simple. Basically you know? he's the equivalent of like a, an impulsive kid at the aquarium. You know, he's always like tapping on the glass. I mean that's oh, all he really totally, does. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. That's that's basic first aid, apparently. I, I that works for me. I mean, yeah, he's like I, I your you know, elementary school nurse, but not quite as trained. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, as far as the the, uh, the figure, I realized, Steve, I don't think I've ever yeah. even held a vintage FX7 in my hand. I don't think oh, I have. Man. Really? Okay, that's see, that's another remedy. We, we gotta we gotta get this fixed because it's actually a pretty fun figure. Like the head goes up and down, and you have those arms that stick out. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I did that. I was watching. We're going to get in later, Steve. I'm introducing a, a new feature, which you'll see when I send you the outline later. Uh, it's called uh, Kenner right. Commercial Theater. We're actually going to we're going to act. Oh, out there a we commercial. go. Um, and then I saw the head go up. I'm like, oh, hey, that's kind of cool. Um, but it, it's just yeah. crazy how little personality <laughs> this thing has. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And then with mine, I mean, I. When I was collecting back in the early, like, 1993, my allowance wouldn't really afford an FX7 that didn't have all the arms. Usually the ones I had, it was just the little, it looked like a, right. a slug from a gun. <laughs> That's all it is, really. So when I actually got one with arms, like, okay, I can see there's a little bit more to him. But, uh, uh, yeah, personality, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. you got to really work as, at as it. As far as a, a sort of another figure thought, this the card yeah. back is absolutely... Mm-hmm. Just it's just weird. I think he's the only figure <laughs> after Boba Fett to just be on a star yeah. field. You're right. You're totally right. It's it's and, very abstract. And what is he doing in a star? I mean, I he's the it, least you know space worthy <laughs> figure. He has no propulsion system, as far as I can tell. You know what is he doing? Just floating <laughs> out in space. See, I think it might just be an expired FX7. Right. They just dumped him. I think that might be, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a sad state. And to then be I figured this must be, you know, your lady friend's favorite because it kind of looks like a Dalek, right? Oh, it's, you know, that's true. I, I don't have to point that out to her. Um, you're right. It's it's the most Dalek-like FX7. Right, I would make some Doctor that's Who it. joke, but I don't know about Doctor Who. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't F- know much. FX and I do know that right. Term. There Don't they go. say exterminate? Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> and that might actually be the name of the show, too, FXN8. That's kind of And cool. I guess it's sad he's not really a doctor if he's just a basic first aid droid. Yeah. Not, 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 he doesn't get the MD after it. But, exactly, uh, yeah. Although, oh, well. we, the, the reason that we chose to speak to Will Grief this month is because he is a doctor. Right. But, uh, yeah, close enough. Yeah, close enough. I'm sure he, he, he has dealt with medical technicians in the past. But it's just funny because I, I rewatched watched you know, Empire Strikes Back just to see where you can see FX7. Yeah. And then there's just he's, – he's in the background too, sort right. of by the weird red – the weird oh, red yeah, tube. Yeah. What's the – that red – this is filled with – is that blood? Goo. Goo? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not just going to bring a whole other question as to the fact that we've all just accepted this term back to tank. Yes. What is Bacta? <laughs> yeah. What? Because it sounds like bacteria. Right. Back to back to. So Steve, we uh, let's see. We have the the, the the sort of the two newer things left. Uh, flip right. the script right. and the sky coup. Where, where yep. would you like? Do you have a, a flipped a script to flip? Yeah, I, I do. I do. It's getting really really hot. Flip the script. Flip the script. Yeah, and I guess we should start with that because it's kind of a good dovetail with what we were just talking about. Okay, great. Um, that that scene where Luke's getting revived literally just has one line written in the script. It's really? one you know, really quick, but it's it's almost poetic. So this is it's a good tie into your sky coup. Great. Um, but uh, so here we go. Interior Rebel Base Medical Center, and this is it. Strange robot surgeons adjust a mass of electronic equipment. Luke is submerged in a bacta tank, so they, they use the term without really describing what it is, thrashing about in his delirium. Next scene. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, the, the droids don't get names. I think that that's something that kind of comes up later, but I just love 
thrashing about in his delirium. And that's, that's, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily describe what he does as, as that, but, you know, it's it's creative, I guess. Well, actually, I was watching the, the bonus features on the Blu-ray, yeah. and they have, you know, the weird, like, black and white dailies or whatever, and there's a whole thing where... Luke is talking, and you don't hear what he says, but oh, Han okay. says, I don't understand a word he's saying. And so <laughs> it seems as though he's actually talking in his oh, you know in what? his super diaper. Yeah, yeah, he might be uh, continuing his hallucinations or something. Yeah. That, that rings a bell. might actually be in a different script, now that I'm thinking about it. that All of a sudden, you just had something click there. I'm going to have to check on that. Well, by the time we get to 2-1-B... Uh, yeah, we'll be able to clarify. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, it is interesting, I, you know, when you actually watch Empire Strikes Back, how much, how many, you know, how important the doctors are, you know, right. it's really the doctor thing. Okay, Steve, well, I have not sent you my, my Skycoos, they're not quite as saucy as the last <laughs> month, but uh, we'll, we'll start, uh, should we start with the figure or with the character of Skycoo? Uh, let's, let's go character. Okay. All right, I've got to make sure I'm able to put in my uh, Japanese flute drop. <laughs> <laughs> FX7 stands, moves like rock in deep valley, still silent and lame. <laughs> uh, excellent. Yes. I, I, well, again, it's not too. It's not too nice to pour FX7. But, no, uh, no. But moves, it's honest. You're being moves honest. like a rock in deep valley. I, I was it's proud of that one. <laughs> Okay, and then here's right. my Skyku based on my imagining of owning an FX7. Right, right, right. <laughs> Plastic arms fall off. Lost in cushion evermore. The doctor is sick. <laughs> well, you're clearly onto something with the arms missing, because most of the ones, like I said, I had didn't have any arms. So well, you know, it's not like I've ever heard anyone talk about FX7, and that's the yeah, whole yeah. thing. And you know, maybe but we'll get they, in, we'll get into the micro figure too. Right? Yeah, but yeah. That's the whole thing. Is can you get one with all with eight all arms? arms? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's good. Actually, it, it was funny, Steve. Um, you know, today I was I went to this party, and was, my kids are actually staying with their grandparents um, All right. for, for a week or so. And so I wound up going to this kid's party, uh-huh. but, like, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it was kind of weird, but it was actually nice because I didn't have to deal with anything. And the mom, uh, who served as the host, very proudly brought out this AT-AT, the vintage Ooh. AT-AT, and showed okay. it to me and was like, look at this, I got this for $5. I'm like, where's the chin guns? And she laughed. And, uh, <laughs> and But it was it was really kind of neat because it, it was sort of like she was trying to say like, hey, I know you feel weird for not having your kids here, but talk to me about this toy. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It was actually, it was actually in really, really good condition. Nice. Um, but then later I got into the whole you know 40-year-old virgin discussion. Oh, no. Which, have we ever talked about that on the show, Steve? We have. It was a long ways back. Yeah. uh, But we have talked about it, yeah. Well, I had that problem, which is the problem of the toys that they show are not worth the amount of money that they say in the movie. Yeah, right, right. And you can't say that without becoming the caricature of the character that's in the movie. It's it's a lose-lose. It's a a catch-22. Yeah. That's Uh, funny. Awesome. Well, I think that's all we normally do before we... Before we now, see, this is the problem, Steve. <laughs> I, I love our audience, but uh, our audience is actually a lot like 
my students, where I'll teach a class one semester and I'll put more emphasis on history than literature, and the evaluations will be like, "That's great, we want more literature." So the yep. next next time I change it to be more literature, and then they say, "You know what? I'd really like more history." More history, yeah, yeah. So so the question is, how do we put in the news drop and the roundtable drop? Ah, see, I think I think you can manage it. We you I just think that's what we'll a- do. Yeah, we'll do the roundtable. We'll introduce them. And then, because someone said they missed the news drop, yeah, uh, which makes me happy because the you know it's a French musician who I like very much, uh, Serge Gainsbourg, and um, I, d- I did not know that the drop was missed. So yeah, no, I think that was actually uh, Brisbane Mike. They might have said that, but I, I don't think he's alone. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's good. We'll, we'll get more into that into the feedback. And so, why don't we see the magic of Skype and talk to? The Doctor and the Collector's Collector, Mark Salati. All right. Take a seat at the board with the Space Chess Roundtable here on the Vintage Pod. It is a silly place. I see your point, sir. Do you, need, do you need me to put on an American accent so your listeners can better understand? Maybe you could use that yeah. as a soundbite, actually. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, we... maybe, I'll, maybe I'll put on an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. I think, why don't you do that? How about everyone do it an Australian accent? <laughs> See, my problem is my Australian accent always turns into, like, a Cockney accent. I, I always start with the Australian, and by the end I'm like, Hello, Gov! A cracker for your wacker. You know? <laughs> that's that's okay. I think it would still be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I, I think for the first time, Steve, I'm going to do the thing where instead of having the proper introduction, I'm just going to start recording and like put that <laughs> last little bit into the talk. What do you think, Steve? I think that's good. That was that was that was golden. <laughs> yeah, that was golden. So let's let's start the show. You'll notice, uh, Mark and Will, that I talk differently when I know I'm recording. I, I get my, my little radio voice here. But we are here yeah, joined. Good. Yeah, you like that, Will? Yeah, I do. All right. So we're joined here by, by Will Grief. How's it going, Will? Good. Thanks for having me on. And you're, uh, you're currently in San Antonio. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Yeah, I just uh, drove cross country. Listen to about five podcasts on the way, uh, <laughs> and you're still here. That's I, amazing. And I kept and I kept my sanity. Yeah, it was, was kind of cool because it was like basically uh, it was like a road trip with you guys. It was like you were sitting in the truck there with me, talking Star Wars like for twelve hours straight. <laughs> Well, it's it's very good. It was it was funny because I actually called Will and interrupted him listening to us talking, Steve. So <laughs> it must be kind of a surreal experience to have you know a, a fairly passive you know listening to someone's voice and then have it be interrupted with you know, hey, when are you coming on the show? And it's like, uh, hey, uh, who's calling? Oh, uh, I was just talking to you guys. <laughs> uh, and then we're also joined from. The Antipodes. How do you pronounce that? Antipode? Antipodal? Antipodes? He lives oh, in no, Australia. I'm sorry, I just pronounce it myself. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so we're, fact, I, um, it's, it's, it's already Saturday here. It's so far ahead of you guys. Yeah, I know. It's exciting. It's, it's Friday here. We had to yeah. work it out, and so we're, we're recording late tonight. But, Steve, I'm not going to mention the time. I'm not tired, actually. I'm pretty peppy. Yeah, you sound good. And so you're the guy, whenever I talk to anybody about the show who's like, you know, a super hardcore collector, like, you know, Gus or Ron or whatever, they're all like, oh, you got to get Mark on there. 
but you know you're not like oh. yeah we actually have a lot of uh, australian fans mark uh, i would say it's probably our, our number one market wouldn't you say steve i think so it, it seems like it if you just based on the input we've got from people before it seems like we're always reading something from an australian or or having australians contribute to, to market watches it's just like it's a recurring theme i think yeah so then i, I guess the only oh, question wow. the only question we have mark is are you near brisbane brisbane or are you not uh, I'm nowhere near Brisbane, no. Okay. No, I'm uh, actually probably couldn't be much further away. Okay. Still be in the same. So Brisbane, yeah. Brisbane is in the far east? Uh, yes. And yes, Perth yes. is in the far west? In the far west, where the southwest, in fact. Okay. Okay. Steve, did you hear that? I just knew something about geography talking to it. a non-American. <laughs> Will, I just set us forward, like, in the world, like a thousand, you know? Was that impressive, Will? What do you think? I think that's pretty good. And uh, I think it's actually kind of neat that he lives in the southwest corner of Australia. That's kind of, like, comparable to where, you know, Steve lives uh, in our country. So That's right. There we go. It's kind of like the, it's like the L.A. of Australia, right, Mark? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Sort of. I was just relieved you asked me a geography question I could answer. There's nothing worse than not being able to answer something about your own country. It's a bit of a boring. Right. I've, tra- I've traveled more of, more of the world than I have my own country, which is a bit embarrassing. But right. I'm planning on when I retire to travel my country, just get a, a camper van and travel around. The first question, Steve, I think we should always ask is, what do you think is the proper name for this segment? Should we call it the Space Chess Roundtable? Or what was the other option, Steve? Just the Roundtable? I think round table, and then there was the uh, the new Star Warsy term. Oh right, the the, the degeneric table. But I, so. <laughs> Duncan ruled that right out, which yeah. I, I, I tend to trust Duncan on on such things. But you know, yeah, I'm not a big fan of degeneric either. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds either like Derek or uh, I don't know what else. It sounds like wasn't there a character like Dejas something or other? Nerd I alert! Know. I don't know what that is. What? It was it was on the uh, the collectible card game, uh, the Star Wars collectible card game uh, that oh, came okay. out way back in the nineties. This little little guy that had like a black head. I think it was. In, oh, like, you know what? Uh, I remember. You're right. Did you, You're right. Did Joss Purr or something like that. Wow. Yes. It was it was a <laughs> DJ. Yeah, I'm going I'm going way back into yeah. Well, you know, my, my son is named Django, you know, with the D, so I think uh, it's probably hypocritical for me not to like things with silent Ds in the beginning. But, uh, <laughs> oh, well, maybe, Steve, that's not a very good question, then. We should probably ask the big question, Steve, the, the, the biggest sort of philosophical question about our show. Right, and that would be, which, which name do you guys prefer? Do you prefer uh, the, the, the Kivecast, the Vintage Pod... Or the Kivecast Vintage Pod, Mark. What's what's your vote? I like the Vintage Pod. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yes. Ooh, this um, guy's <laughs> got one. <laughs> and what, what, what about you, Will? I, I kind of like the the combination. Okay. Where, oh, and you right. shorten it. Basically, just call it the Kivepod. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice, Will. I think that's how you titled your email to us, Mike. Huh. Yeah. He's onto something. Uh, the Kive Pod. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, uh, we can always count on you, Will, for making fun of our own show. Uh, what are you going to say, Will? Or you can also pronounce it Chive Pod. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 
so, so yeah, I mean, I think what we were trying to figure out too is sort of how we're going to do these these space chess roundtables, um, and I think. You know, we will get to the news section, but it would be good to kind of have like a little introduction. Now, we've done, we've already had a full, you know, Will Grief interview, um, and we know we know a fair amount uh, about you, maybe even maybe even too much. Uh, is it kind of depressing? Yeah, you probably don't care. Uh, yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> you care about as much as the rest of our listeners. Now, Mark, you were asking about the editing process of the show. Uh, that's a perfect example of I'm just going to cut that whole yeah. thing right out. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm curious about something. You said you've had a Will Grief interview already, so you've actually spoken with Will before you have me. Yes. I mean, what's, what's going on there? I mean, do I have to get a better agent? I'm not quite sure what's yeah. what happening. And that actually happened, like, over a year ago, Mark, so you're already, like, a year behind the power curve. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, yeah, wow. I, yeah, I think it's, you know, that we, we've just sort of, you know... Uh, we don't really uh, plan things out, really. It's sort of like how things happen. Why did we even interview Will in the first place? Do you remember that, Steve? I, I don't really remember. That's, really, that's really my question. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we talked a lot about your book, Mark. Now, we're, we're talking to one of the authors oh, of, of uh, coining, is it A Galaxy or The Galaxy? A Galaxy, yeah. Uh, coining A Galaxy. A Galaxy. I, I had to actually look down at the book thing. You know? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Which is a bit of a worry, yes. Which, you know, we, we relentlessly promote that book. Uh, it's a, it, okay, maybe not relentlessly. We should probably promote it more. Uh, we enthusiastically promote that book, Coining a Galaxy. Uh, it's a perfect example of exactly the kind of book that this hobby needs and wants. It's well-written. It's funny. It's uh, not too heavy. Uh, it's not too expensive. And uh, why didn't we contact you then? Steve, why didn't you contact Mark? <laughs> I was by the phone waiting for the call. <laughs> it's the story of my life. No one ever called. Oh, man. <sighs> uh, so, so how's that going? That, that's been about, about a year. Has, has the, have you gotten the reception that you're hoping to get from the bookmark? Yeah, I, I was really pleased. There's been a lot of positive, actually mostly positive reception. Except Will was a bit negative, but apart from that, everyone <laughs> right. else was really, really quite happy with it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been well received. We, we, we only did a small print run of 500 copies because we weren't sure, you know, what, it is pretty niche. We think coins, we don't think everyone collects, but, right. um, so we thought 500 would be plenty, but we were close to sold out. So we probably, I think, I've got to check with James, but I think we're about 70 copies left. So they disappeared quickly. Really? All right. So they can go yeah. to yeah, it's really good. coiningagalaxy.com? Uh, let me flip the book over and check the address. <laughs> okay, that's correct. Okay. Coiningagalaxy.com. <laughs> yeah, and, and really, that's, if, that's if, if you're just sitting out there, you know, a lot of people who listen to our show are, are not super hardcore collectors or, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, or, you know, they don't have gigantic collections, but they're interested in building. Um, you know, reference books like that, they're just... I mean, they are as important, in my opinion, if not even sometimes more important than actually owning the toys, because that's how you really learn. I mean, you can find a lot on the internet, um, but that's great, especially if any interest in coins. I mean, I actually, no offense, Mark, I don't particularly care for coins, um, but since doing the show, we get a lot of requests for it, and we've had to learn a lot about it. You just really pissed Mark off. (laughs) Yeah, because I see his line went dead. I don't know. (laughs) But, but I've, I've gained an appreciation mostly from you know being on the show, but then also from from the book and, and looking through it. Now, Mark, have you memorized all of the the bios on the coins? Ah, uh, no, 
Yes, of course. <laughs> okay, yeah. good. Now, now, can you tell us the FX7 uh, bio? Hang on, let me find a page. Oh. Um, something like everyone's second favorite medical droid in the Star Wars saga. Something like that. <laughs> I like that much better. <laughs> I think I think that's the reference. Um, now, wait, now that would be a good idea, um, guys. What if we did... Like, um, like a, like a series, like put on, put on a website, you know, and like get some good Photoshop guys to come up with alternate, uh, POTF coin, you know, uh, slogans for every character. Wouldn't that be uh, fun? Ah, there you go. That's a good idea. Yes. Yeah, that is a good idea. And I think everyone's second favorite <laughs> medical droid, that could be the one for FX7. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's great. Oh, I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how you say that, like, because he he really was like the second tier medical dude, and I don't know if it was just because he can talk or what, but uh, actually I looked it up on Wikipedia, uh-huh. and that's kind of how they refer to him as, uh, you know, 2-1-B was like the he could talk and uh, he had um, he, he was basically second man to 2-1-B. He had to listen to whatever he could say. Yeah, we were actually talking about that earlier, Will. Now, the reason that we have Will on is that, Will, you are technically a medical doctor. That is correct? That is correct. And h- how often do you drown people in diapers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't typically drown people in diapers. Sometimes I do some diaper changing when I'm seeing the kids, but typically I'm not drowning. Okay. <laughs> I just, I know it's, you know, it's very advanced science. Um, so do, do you have any idea what Bacta may be? Is that some kind of thing that you might, does Bacta, does that sound like anything that actually exists in the medical profession? Uh, no, but uh, it might be something akin to like, uh, you know, it was in that movie Abyss where they had to basically submerge themselves in that liquid. I think the dive super deep. Uh, right. Okay. And Otherwise, then, I know nothing about Bacta. Okay, and then the other thing we were discussing, uh, my point was that he's not actually a doctor. He's actually a med tech, right? Yeah, and that, to tell you the truth, that's kind of disappointing. I mean, uh, looking back at the greatest uh, rebel and imperial galaxy, they, they didn't really have any doctors. They just had droids doing all the work, so I guess that's kind of like what I have to look forward to in the future or just get replaced by a <laughs> robot. <laughs> I mean, if you, know, if you notice, like, they had, like, human mechanics, you know, working on all the ships and, you know, they were, you know, loading people into the ships. But, but like, for, for medical, it was just, you know, a couple droids and we could take care of anything. We'll, we'll heal Do you think it was they were trying to get space from Star Trek? Right? Because yeah. h- how could you do better than, than uh, Bones? Right. Yeah, but Sky. I, I thought we were supposed to bring up that other other show. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. My, my, my kids have been watching it on, on Netflix. So I've, I've I've gotten like an earful of uh, of, of uh, classic Star Trek. But, yeah, no, that's true. So, Mark, do, do you do you have the the official description of FX Seven for us? Um, oh, I, I thought we'd moved on. Okay, no, I'm 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 looking through. I was just giving uh, you time and space, Mark. Oh, really? Oh, that was way too much time. It was <laughs> yeah. so much time I'd forgotten what we were doing. Um, <laughs> now, where did we put it? Alphabetically, it should be there, shouldn't it? Oh, man, who designed this thing? <laughs> really, by this book, it's terrific. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I'm finding it. I'm finding it. Well, I, I will um, say... Yeah, oh, good. I've got, it's, it's under F, where you'd expect it to be. Oh, good. 
It says, medical droid trained in basic first aid. Examined Luke Skywalker after his escape from the vicious Wampa Beast. Ooh. Now, Steve read part mm. of that earlier, but the vicious Wampa Beast. Yeah, see, that was the, that's the second part of that. that uh, it's, it's much, much important, I would say. Now, Will, you're a doctor. What, what is basic first aid? What do you think that means FX7 is qualified to do? Yeah, uh, stop the bleeding, you know, maybe do some mouth-to-mouth on them or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, uh, Steve, I meant to talk about this before. Uh, last month I talked about the great movie Tapeheads that no one's ever seen. Right. Um, when you guys see FX7, do you often think of the Brian Dennehy movies that go by the name of FX and FX2? <laughs> do, do, do you guys even know those movies? Am I, am I alone? Uh, no, we're very familiar with them because it's Brian Brown's in them, so they're very. We, we think of them as Australian movies, even though they're not. Really? Um, so who's Brian Brown? Yeah, well, that was Brian. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll justify that with a response. <laughs> Is he the other great, guy great, in the movie with Brian Dennehy? He's the other guy. In the, that's right. That's oh, true. okay. <laughs> yes, yes. The slim one. Right. So anyways, yeah. it, like these movies, my dream was that eventually there's FX and then FX2, and if they had kept working on it, there eventually would have been a movie called FX7. <laughs> wow. And, you know, we would have had this great, you know, mixture of Star Wars and, and Brian Dennehy. I was actually surprised to, to learn that Brian Dennehy was still alive because when he died at the beginning of Tommy Boy, like, I, I just got the feeling like that was really him, you know? Oh, man. I think his career, his career is dead. So yeah. I think that's uh, and, yeah, also, it's like, isn't he dead? No, no, that was the McHale's Navy dude. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh man, Steve, how's it? Uh, how do you think it's going? With uh, am I am I distributing the questions well here? Yeah, no, <laughs> I think I think we're doing pretty pretty well. All right, now I, I sort of have a new idea, Steve, which okay. is you know this isn't a typical interview, right? So no. you know it's the round table. So the question is, when we have new people on the show, how do we integrate Chris Jorgulius's least favorite part of the show? How do we integrate the lightning round? <laughs> um, and so I'm thinking, why don't we just do it now before we even hit the news? Because why not? What do you think, Steve? I think I think that's a good idea. All right. So be it. Great. Are you ready, Mark? Uh, I think so. I'm not liking the sound of this. Okay. Well, it's it's pretty simple. <laughs> They've all gone well, except for the one where Will tried to ask us a bunch of questions. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, actually, that that was the best one. Um, so now, Mark, you may not be prepared to answer this one, but do you have a favorite bad line from a Star Wars film? And once again, to let you know what mine is, it is pilot land over there by that assembly area. So that's just an example. So do you have a favorite one, Mark? So are we are we including prequels as well? Sure, absolutely. What? In episode two, the lines about the sand being rough, not smooth, I, I can't remember the exact line because right. it's, it's so painful. I think I've only seen that movie once. But um, Anakin makes some reference to um, Padme about her uh, uh, sand being rough and then he doesn't like that, but he likes her skin or something. It's smooth. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> there's some light, and I just cringe. I remember, in fact, because whenever a new Star Wars film comes out, people come out of the woodwork here and say, oh, they phone me, Mark, Mark, we have to go right. to see it together. So I end up going to see it 20 times. So for this one, after enduring episode one, I was adamant that I'd get everyone together on the one night so I'd only have to sit through this film once. So I had, I had 20, 20 people there, and we were a little bit late. I booked the tickets in advance. This is not really a lightning round, is it? I think I'm making this into a big story. No, no, go no. for it, Mark. We want but, stories. But, sorry, I'm sorry about this. But, um, and we got in a little late into the theatre, and I ended up sort of down the side, so the, the seats were at a bit of an angle, and I ended up at the very far end. Everyone was very stressed because they're like, oh, you're the biggest Star Wars fan. You should be at the front. <laughs> you know, like, look, I don't care. It's fine. It's fine. But unfortunately, it meant that every time something horrible happened in the movie, which was quite frequent in episode two, people would look down at me as though it was my fault. You know, like, (laughs) and I I just kept looking back. I told George not to use that line, but what can I say? It wasn't, and it just happened all night. It was unbearable. So I've never been able to watch that film again, but... I seem to recall that line about rough sand or something. Well, I think I, think I passed out for a bit after that. Yeah, we've all had that experience <laughs> of the whole like, hey, you know, you, you know, it's almost like if you have like a friend who's, you know, like a black friend, and like you ever ask him, hey, you know, wh- wh- you know, what do you think about Kanye jumping up on stage with Taylor Swift? And like, it's a kind of weird thing because. You could just mean it, like just asking him, or you could be expecting him to speak for the entire race. You know, it's like this weird kind of racist. Man, you guys got really quiet. It's, it's like one of the weird racist things that people do, where they like expect I'm, people. To- I'm just, I'm just politely laughing. <laughs> yeah, I agree because I'm, I'm not quite sure how to respond. Right. So, so they'll be like, "Oh, okay. Hell, how's it going, Sky? So, you know, what do you think?" about the Clone Wars movie. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I'm sorry you didn't like it, but... Uh, <laughs> but to be fair to the, the, the sand line, Mark, uh, it is a terrible line, yeah. but, I mean, sand does really suck. And, like, when you're on the beach and, like, you're eating a sandwich and, you know, like, you get all the sand in your mouth, it's actually a pretty useful line to have there. Just be like, I hate sand. Like, it, it, it is a line that you can throw out there every once in a while. But uh, that, that's... I can't argue with you. I, that is true. I, I've never really thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I'll have a new appreciation for it if I ever sit down and watch that movie again. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I noticed. I noticed with the three D films, though, I'm <laughs> the prequels. I, I really don't hate them, but I noticed with the three D episode one that um, it didn't the third. It didn't give a third dimension to the dialogue or anything. It was just oh, the visuals. I, I was hoping for. Them. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what they're hoping for. But, and I apologize to everyone who's a big fan. I really don't hate them. I just just didn't quite live up to what I thought. No, it's one of the great dynamics of our show where there's like half the people are pro AFA, half the people are anti, yeah. half the people are pro prequel, half the people are anti. And you know, Steve and I just sit on a fence. Um, <laughs> not not literally. Um, and, and and talk about black people like you just did. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yes. Because that's, that's much more politically correct. Yeah, it's, it's much more politically correct. Um, I, I think people understand, Steve, right? I think what I meant Steve, did yeah. they, 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 they get me on that whole point? I wasn't actually saying that. I was saying. Yeah, okay. Hey, so, Mark, what is your holy grail item? What is the one thing that you are really looking for? Um, what's the one thing I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. I think it would be nice. I've kind of 
would have given up hope on it, but a nice executive frame set of coins would be lovely. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. what, what exactly is an executive set? Why don't you explain it to people who may not know? It is all, I, I, sh- I should flick to my relevant section in this lovely book that's like <laughs> 1999, I think it is, and you can pick it up at coiningagalaxy.com. I should know these things without having to look <laughs> at the books. You know, but I'll just say it's Saturday morning, so I should remember the web address and things. But, um, but basically, it was, it was a gift given to... Uh, Kenna mocked up uh, a framed coin set that had two of each coin back and front so they could be seen um, just from behind a sheet of glass and framed that they they gave out, they did about 10 or so of them. They gave to Kenna executives and to um, some Lucasfilm people, apparently. So there are a couple around, but they're not, not really easy to get hold of. Now, how many have you been able to try? Like, do you know where all 10 of them are? Uh, no, no. No, we'll pro- probably know where four or five are. Most are safely tucked away. <laughs> right. And ha- have any of them ever come up on the market in the last couple of years? I think so. There was one around about uh, C4 time, uh-huh. but I'm not really sure where that ended up. It was a hefty price tag. So. What, what was the price tag? Uh, gosh, I can't, I can't remember, but it was oh, would have been well over the $10,000 mark. Okay. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. I I just I didn't. Uh, did you know about that, Will? Do you have one? Do I have an executive frame coin set? No, yes. I do not. Okay, I didn't but, know. If uh, this yeah, was they, I I think there was one that came on eBay. I'm not sure if there, there was one that was not legitimate. Maybe that came on eBay. Mark, I don't recall. And there was one that I think was, but the price tag was something ridiculous. And it didn't sell. It was like thirty thousand yeah. or twenty five thousand dollars, which is yeah, maybe yeah. ten years from now it'll be that price, but. Uh, are you guys ready for a bad joke? That that's that's yes. a, that's a lot of coin. Ooh, combo. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's an awesome joke, guys. Thank you. It. Actually, you know what? I, I want to tell another joke, guys, if you don't mind, because it's my favorite joke, and I actually had a chance to tell it today at a party, and it got a good response. And you may know it or may not know it. It has nothing to do with Star Wars. Do, do I do I have your permission? Go for it. All right, good. What's the difference between a Scottish shepherd and Mick Jagger? <laughs> no idea. One says, hey, you, get off of my cloud. The other says, hey, my cloud, get off of my you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I get all excited. I'm like, Jojo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new pet. <laughs> Uh, we also have a lot of Scottish <laughs> listeners. Isn't that a good joke? <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty uh, tasteless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I don't. When you ask for permission, I don't recall it being unanimous. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know. I kind of. <laughs> I'm getting hung out yeah, to dry. You know. Uh. Okay, so so Mark, imagine that that Perth goes up in in flames, assuming it's not an aquatic city. Um, if you had to just grab one item, what would that one item be? Uh, it would probably probably be my... I know it's not one item, but I guess because they're kind of together in an album, uh, my album of coins, I think, would make that, well, would make sense, wouldn't it? Survey so says, one item. Is, is that acceptable, Will? Well, no, I don't think aluminum burns, so I think your aluminum coins would be safe, Mark. You might want to think about <laughs> grabbing something else. <laughs> Maybe something <laughs> in the paper. I don't... <laughs> I don't want to risk it. Um, yeah, okay. 
yeah. All right, and then and then the most you know our audience is just starting to get to know you, Mark. And this question may mm-hmm. not be as meaningful, so we'll have to come back to this answer later after we go through our more normal features. But this is obviously the the essence of the show is this one question. So if you oh. were a vintage item, and I don't mean if you what would you like to be, but if you were a vintage item, what would you actually be? Oddly enough, I haven't really thought about that question before. It's never been a but yeah, well, Mark's got to be like something plush. He's got to be like a plushy walk or some something. Yeah, maybe maybe something like a Tall Toys Death Star, the cardboard Death Star, because at least it's Aussie and it's it's a really cool playset. Awesome! I I, I like that self confidence, Mark. I think that's that's totally an acceptable answer. Yep, Australian and totally cool. Yeah, in fact, right. I've been Very called that so many times, and that's not true. <laughs> Yeah, people don't call me that nearly as often as they should. Uh, awesome. Well, I think no. then what we'll do now is we will hit the news, and everyone wants to hear the news drop again, so that's why we're separating it here. So uh, let's talk about the news of the month, guys. All right. Watch out! It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. <laughs> All right, so uh, Steve, they just admitted to me that I did not uh, prepare them too well for this episode. Um, <laughs> Will sent me this, you know, sent an email earlier in the day, like, is there any prep? And we we're like, nah, don't worry about it, just show up. And then about 10 minutes before we started recording, I sent like a six page document. <laughs> with, 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 with That's standard. Document. <laughs> What's that, Mark? Standard. Uh, two six page documents, I think, I've received, <laughs> and I. Five, five minutes before the call, so that's 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 five cast standard standard ops. Yeah, yeah. So we had to kind of like you know reassure them uh, that that uh, it, it's all going to be okay. That's that's kind of how we do it. Um, but actually, there's a sort of a special reason that we also wanted to have Mark on here. Uh, Mark, w- w- what was that? Well, Will, as we know, to establish is a professional doctor. I'm a professional patient because. <laughs> Every time there's a celebration, I tend to always be sick. I spent a couple of days of uh, C6 in hospital. So, um, yeah, so it seemed like a good connection. Yeah, that was that was that was that was definitely uh, a, a thing. We we uh, I think we even mentioned it on the show. I'm hoping you know, sending you well wishes. Uh, I'm sure that helped. Uh, but uh, so, Will, did you actually do some doctoring for Mark? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, really, I just told him to go to the emergency room because I'm not licensed in the state of Florida to do anything, right? But, uh, yeah, yeah, Mark was, uh, was pretty sick. He wasn't just like a little hang. You know, I would compare him to, you know, Luke getting swiped by the Wampa, and I'm the FX7 medical. He did perform some doctoring. When they when they inserted the tube up my nose, he wiped the tears from my eyes after it was all over. Aww. Which was it was very it was very touching, yes. It was it was very lovely. We're now back. Uh Will 
um, was making some joke about taking Mark into the back of the chamber, um, and then his, and then his phone just quit. I guess it, it didn't. I guess it likes my jokes better than yours will. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine how. I mean that kindly, <laughs> with, with much much love and respect. Uh, you know, the, the other thing I don't like about FX7 is, is like he's just he's just like the least mobile of basically any of the Star Wars figures or creatures. Like, how, how does that guy move around? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. He just kind of he just kind of plants there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 and you notice like like on the background of his card, he's like in this starry universe. He's not on Hoth. He's like in the starry universe. So. I don't know, maybe that means he can fly or something. Yeah, we were talking about that, about what what is the deal <laughs> with that card back. I think they just had one image of FX7 to work with, and it was on a white background, because I've seen other pictures of it. So they must have just said, oh, this doesn't look like space. I don't know. <laughs> Put some, I don't know, stars on there? Come on, make your space wars. <laughs> yeah, and then he kind of got shorted on the packaging, too, like his... Uh like the nameplate kind of covers his head a bit, and uh, like yeah. if he if he's on an, uh, a card with an offer on it, basically like half his pictures, you know, blocked out. And then like if you notice on the on some of the other card uh, card backs, they um, you change it they change it up a little bit. Like there's uh, like in Tri Logo, you can kind of see the full body, or in the Jedi version of it, you can see more of his head because they shrunk the nameplate down a bit. And then, the, like, like in the Power of the Force, um, Power of the Force, uh, you know, the proof card or mock-up, uh-huh. it looks like they actually shrunk him, shrunk him down, and I think they flipped the image. You, look, you kind of compare those two. Really, I never yeah. actually, I never actually looked at that. You're right; yeah. they did flip it, and they did shrink him down. They, huh. Yeah, they finally gave him his due. <laughs> yeah, he actually, he actually looks kind of cool there. <laughs> Huh. And, yeah, yeah. Because, and he got, and he got his own coin, you know. Even even you know the creatures and the bounty hunters can get their own coin. He got his own coin. They shrunk him down. Yeah, and they and flipped him on the, some medical love. And they flipped him on the tri logo as well, right? Uh, no, I don't think they flipped him on the tri logo. I think you could just kind of see his whole body because the way the artist set up. Wait a minute, I'm seeing I'm seeing two different pitch. Through. Yeah, no, they they flipped him as well. Yeah, he's. Uh, He's uh, dressing to the right. Um, uh. You know, we were talking about the like the toy shop stuff, uh, and you know, there's that one picture of you know, the the Grail picture of the Power of the Force card figures, and and you guys can see Chris G's scrapbook, which is an excellent resource, by the way. Thanks, Chris G. And uh, well, actually, we, we don't we don't say Chris G on the show, Will. I think you know that. Oh, oh, you don't say that. You no, say we, Chris Georgiatopoulos. <laughs> what do you guys say? We say Chris Georgulius. We we always say his full name. It is the only goal oh. of this show to have his name pronounced properly <laughs> in the collecting circles. That's it. Everything else is gravy. Um, it's actually like Julius or Gore Julius. <laughs> See, now you're making me forget it. How do you say it, Steve? <laughs> Georgulius. Thank we you. We got it. We got it. We're we're back. We're back. <laughs> Yeah, so Chris so anyway, is in, a toy shop. In Christie's, yeah, toy shop scrapbook, there's a picture of uh, a few Power of the Force card figures, and one is FX7, and there's a Tyler pilot in there, and I think there's a Good Morning Guard and Yak Face. And where those ended up, I don't think anyone knows, but if you look closely at that picture, 
the the FX7 um, picture is actually not flipped, and it does look like it's chopped off on the on the Power Force card. So I don't know if those were ever proven as legitimate or illegitimate, or they ever showed up one way or the other. But um, I think they were presumed to be, you know, legit pieces. And but but if you look at that toy shop ad, the picture, and then you look at you know on the on the archive, the Power of the Force FX7 mockup, the picture's different. Right. Interesting yeah. FX7 trivia. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll show an image up of the because uh, it was this little tiny black and white photo. And uh, it reads, Star Wars Rare POTF Coined Figures, AT-AT Driver, FX-7, Gamorrean Guard, Nikto, TIE Fighter Pilot, Yak Face, $250? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll take 10 of price. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was in Lackawanna, New York. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so, so they, but we've never known where these have shown up, eh? Yeah, not that I know of. I don't think uh, anyone knows where they're at. If someone does, give me a call. Oh, or, or yeah, I mean, I mean, bump it up to at least three hundred. Yeah, <laughs> I'll double it. Uh, awesome. Well, yeah, that, that's 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 neat. And I think it's always good. I mean, in, in a way, you could almost do a nugget from the scrapbook as much as you yeah. could do a nugget from the archive. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, yeah. every time you look at it, you find something else, and this is just a little tiny thing in a in a corner, and you just see these amazing pieces. And here's a totally unseen uh, FX7, which is kind of what's going to have to count as news this month, Steve. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still uh, in the throes of some uh, fairly traumatic uh, familial issues, so I'm, I'm not really paying attention to anything except for that these days. So I haven't really been, been up on the news, Steve. Uh, what, what have you been finding in your, in your WeHo apartment? <laughs> well, I mean, there hasn't been, I guess, a whole lot of late. I, I'm just kind of going on our old backtracking scheme of, of just looking for old things that are things that we'd never seen before. But uh, I don't know if any of you guys have been to this Facebook group page, but it's it's just called Star Wars Rare Vintage Photos. And, and not all of them are all that rare, I think, but there are some that are just really great behind-the-scenes things uh, from the production of the movies, which... I had never seen. I, I might, they may be published in books. Some of them look like they've been scanned, but it's just a neat way to see things that from a different perspective. But I'll okay. check it out. I know. I know. Mark is basically very resistant to social media in general and refuses <laughs> to join Facebook. <laughs> That's why he's the, the collector's collector because he's too cool for us, man. Is that right, Mark? <laughs> Yes, that, that's that's correct. Something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if uh, I'm trying to figure out if Chris Giugulis gets uh, royalties every time he mentions his name. Is there some <laughs> connection there he's managed to to see? Well, well you, we, he gets points, so it means for every okay. every dollar that we make, <laughs> every time we say his name, he gets an extra point for each episode. Um, and so so far, I don't know. That's tallied up to zeros of dollars. Um, so that's uh, that, that's how that works. And can they be redeemed at any Burger King or <laughs> yeah. Burger Burger Chef only? Yeah, well, you know, oh, okay. it's actually it's a pretty good idea. Maybe we should do you know because like, it's all these different Facebook groups. There's for like you know focus collectors and yep. and here's I see Will's now the displays and advertising and. Um, yeah, I know. It seems like uh, something we could it's, kind of go into. It's almost like the next generation of, of forums, really. It almost seems like there's more 
bustling activity there or just as much. Yeah. And Steve, somehow, I think it's, you know, it's just beautiful that we haven't yeah. talked about Stefan's book yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I mean, I bought two copies of Stefan Foucault's last book, Meccano de Trilogo, not for collectability reasons. I just, I liked the book that much. I was that excited for it. And somehow we've managed to not talk about this. <laughs> um, but, but what exactly is it that's happening, Steve? So he's putting out a book. Uh, it's, it's a more broader perspective on the history of Star Wars French merchandising <laughs> and marketing from 1977 to 86. And uh, I think he's going to have the book available. I don't know if he's going to have it at, at Celebration Europe or not, but I would guess that he, he would. But he's, you know, he's got the website up with sample pages. And, I mean, if, if you like his first book, this is just going to be, I mean, something completely different. Um, and it, it looks great. Yeah, it does, and I'm, that's uh, what I love is that it's going to be in French and a version in English. So there'll be two right, separate right. editions. So I'm going to buy two copies of each for <laughs> a reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I went up with four. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's in a way, it's kind of like Mark's book. You know, it's you know just these these great things. And and the thing is with the internet, obviously it's it's great, but man, you just you just can't beat actually holding a book and being able to flip through it and looking at it. No. And, and that's part, I think, the reason why we call this, you know, the the audio magazines, because that's what, I, you know, I would love it to be a magazine. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you can't, you can't do that. And uh, do you, are, are you guys uh, both going to Celebration Europe, Mark and Will? I, I am going. I'm working on a French translation of the coin book. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, yes, I, I do plan to go. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. I just, I've just had my, my leave from work approved, so that's good. Cool. Are you going to be doing any like panel talks or anything? Uh, yes, I believe I'm on uh, the International Collecting Panel with a whole group of people, including, um, oh, I believe Stefan's on there with me. Cool. You just mentioned. Um, and also um, the author panel. And Stefan's there as well. Awesome. So, yeah. Now, do you think you're going to be able to sort of do it without, you know, like a really good moderator? <laughs> it's going to be tough. Um, I. I, 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 don't, I don't know. We'll, do, we'll, we'll plot along. We'll do the best we can. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, I, I was asking for too much money, I guess, to come out there. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, Gus just said, you know, couldn't swing it. What were the economy and all? Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I was going to ask, guys, do you know a really good moderator that you could have recommended? <laughs> oh, snap! Yeah, it seems like, I don't know, that the more people that don't, that aren't going, the more I realize, like, oh, it's going to be this cool, like, you know, less crazy, sort of more intimate thing. Do you get that feeling too, Steve? Well, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I went just by happenstance to the first Celebration Europe because I had this trip planned with my dad to be in London, and the date happened to fall that weekend, and we popped over for a day. And it's, it's crazy, or it was crazy, but it wasn't like it is here in the states, um, it, it felt more manageable in a way, right? Um, but it, you know, it, it's it's definitely worth it, and I think there's a whole pool of European collectors that that don't always make it over here, and this is really it's a great way to to meet them. Um, well, you know, I I think now would also be a good time for 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 a little bit of story time. Do you guys have any stories you want to tell, 
Mark, you're, you you can spin quite a yarn. Is there is there any kind of fun oh. collecting story from the old days you would like to uh, regale us with? Here's an oldie but goodie. Once upon a time, long ago. Tikalo Carbon. Tikalo Carbon Story Time. Some collecting story. Um, oh, you see the well, the one that always gets people, uh, you know, a good jaws drop when they hear of the time many years ago. This would have been '86 when I went into a department store here, and uh, the uh, they had an enormous sort of crate of of Anakin Skywalker figures, Power of the Force card of Anakin Skywalker figures that this department store was clearing out. They were shipping. It seemed that, that Kenner was shipping them in boxes of 24, and they'd just shaken them all out, so they're all untouched, all sitting in this big box, and they were 50 cents each or three for a dollar. Wow. And, uh, yeah. I, I bought one for 50 cents, because how many Anakin Skywalker <laughs> really do you need? <laughs> right. <laughs> it had it been, a, if it was a stormtrooper, something I could build troops with, sure. But, so I just, I just tore him open and set him up in Iowa Village. But, you know, what else am I going to do with this? So I, I didn't get too carried away, but I've always wondered where they've gone. But there were plenty of them. There were, oh, mind you, I was younger, and maybe I'm remembering it a bit differently. But I, there seemed to be hundreds. Wow! And yeah, so that that would have been a nice thing to grab a couple. And that was in Perth. That was in Perth. Yeah, that was in Perth. And is, is there always, a, always lived here. Is there a name of the store that we can amuse our Australian <laughs> listeners with? Sure. It was called. It was Big W. Okay, and it was in a, sub, in a suburb called a suburb called Maribuka, If there's any real locals, okay, <laughs> awesome. Wow, and is it, does the does the Big W still exist? Yeah, the store is still there. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, so there's hundreds, yeah, uh, and so I guess people must have just bought them and opened them up, hey? I guess so. I guess so. I, I don't know because it is. As beautiful a figure as it is to look at, it is kind of dull to play with. Right. So I'm, I'm not sure how. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how popular it would have been. Obviously, it wasn't. It was just sitting. But it just what really got me, I think, like years later, as I think about it, was that they they were all unpunched. They hadn't been hung on a peg, oh, and yeah. that was almost unheard of here. I, I rarely saw them sitting in a basket like this. There was this huge, huge crate of them. And yeah. Just, I don't know. Wow. Several. Boy, I guess so. A hundred. So then, if they sell for like two thousand five, well, I guess if they're in really good condition, they'd sell for about five thousand, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, so it's yeah, like going for a bit, about five hundred thousand. Yeah, right there. Jeez. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Although, of course, then they wouldn't be worth as much because there'd be a hundred more of them. It's complicated stuff. Yeah, that, that is true. That is true. Um, well, speaking of complicated stuff, our esteemed colleague from San Antonio uh, once again has dropped out, so we're, we're going to have to call him back. Oh, no. But But when we do, we will be talking about a nugget from the archive. Oh, you know what else, Steve? Nobody yeah. commented on my daughter's participation in the Nugget in the Archive drop. And I thought that uh, was hilarious. Did you hear that, oh, Steve? Oh, man. I did. I did. Uh, it was, that was great. Because I, she <laughs> heard me while I was editing the show, and she goes, Are you reading a chicken nugget? <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I just thought that was like, really funny, so I put it in. Uh, so I think I may do that again. That may be the new default uh, chicken I, nugget. I, I think that's fine. <laughs> At least for, for a couple weeks. All right, so I'm going to have to hang up on you guys, and we'll come back with Will on the other side. Did you eat a 
chicken nugget. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Uh, well, you know, actually, I, I had a question mark. So, uh, do people? Because there's a lot of sheep in Australia and more sheep in New Zealand. Yeah. Do people make you know like rapey shepherd jokes about New Zealanders if they're from Australia? That uh, yes, yes, yeah. We, it's a constant gag that um, the New Zealanders are. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a weird thing about like yeah. the like every, anywhere in the world where there's lots of sheep, there's a country nearby that's like, hey, I know what joke we should make. Um, yeah. Sh- yeah. Sh- should I go back to the Kanye thing? I, I don't know. <laughs> 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 uh, so, so now that we are here um, with our with our nugget, um, I hope I have given you guys enough time to look at this. I had never seen this before, Steve. I don't know where you found it. I don't know where it came up from. Had uh, had you ever seen this before, Will? Uh, yeah, I think I've seen it um, on the archive before. And actually, is that um, is that Chris G's or it's not or Chris Jordan Topless's? It says that it belongs to Dave Fox, but it's definitely a, oh, a Jorgulius okay. description. Um, oh, okay. I, I've actually never right. heard of Dave Fox. Does that make me a monster? Have you ever heard of him, Mark? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. Is he, is he like a secret, secret, top secret dude? No, no. He used to be in the hobby a number of years ago. I think he was out of. He lived in Ohio, and um, but uh, I believe he had donated a lot of his collection to a childhood museum or something. In the end, he sort of pulled out. Huh. But, yeah, wow. he, he goes. He goes way back. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how long I, have, I, I, how long have you been collecting, Mark? Oh well, um, I think well, I've been collecting Star Wars since oh way back, you know, seventy nine, and I really had been collecting all that time. I was a very boring kid; I never played with anything; I just displayed it all. So, and I've, I've really constantly so I kept boxes and everything, and just just displayed everything. Um, and I guess I've been, I met, I first met Chris Giaculius, well, <laughs> online probably in 95, so we've been, I've known him forever. Right. I think actually technic, technically, he's, technically I think he's my longest relationship. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I think yeah. that all, all collectors can basically divide their lives between BCG and ACG, like before <laughs> you know who Chris Giaculius was and after. You know, I think that's that's the sign that you are a serious vintage collector. You know, if you know who he I, is, I think I think we have to we have to stop this because he already has a messiah complex. <laughs> yeah. If you start going, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, if you start doing this, it's just going to make his head even bigger. I, I love him. Listen, no one loves Chris more than me, but yeah, it's just it's just recipe for disaster going down this path. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, what what we're talking about here is. Uh, I hate it when I do that, Steve, where I talk about it and then I don't actually say it. Well, if you have the <laughs> enhanced version. Um, oh, Will, actually, were you listening to the enhanced version while you were driving to San Antonio? 
Um, I don't know if I can legally admit to that, but okay. uh, possibly. <laughs> right, much like you didn't help Mark in Florida because you don't have a license. <laughs> wink, wink. You, uh, <laughs> you you don't actually look at the look at the show. But, but I, I will say I did like the enhanced version of the show because there were several podcasts I'd listen to and be like, "What the hell are they talking about?" I don't know. And then to have the picture pop up on the on the iPhones. Handy. Which is exactly what's happening right now. So we're talking about the Droid Factory second version conceptual mock-up. Right. Now, there's a whole lot of words there, Steve. How, how would you actually describe this thing? Well, I guess it's, I mean, it's a mock-up, so it's nothing that ever really came to be. But they were trying to redo the Droid Factory and include some more uh, wind-up motor kind of stuff. Because that was in at the time uh, at Kenner, I guess. And uh, so you see this weird kind of, as Chris, you know, describes it, a glorified storage case uh, for all these droid parts. But the uh, the interesting thing is the little kind of trinket things that they have with the uh, the wind up motors, and one of them happens to be FX seven. It, it it looks more like um, <laughs> I don't know what I would describe that as. It's not really a spark plug or. Uh, you know what it looks like? Maybe a, it looks a light bulb like, socket or something. It looks like when you... Um, <laughs> a vacuum tube. Yeah, vacuum tube. Or when you open up a, uh, a flashlight and take out the batteries. Oh, yeah, it, you're right. It looks that's, like that's the inside of a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what I was thinking of. But, yeah. So it, you see it probably it. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. They just kind of grab whatever's around. But, um, but it's, just, it's interesting because, I guess, you know, in the end, it would have been too expensive for them to produce. Um, I mean, they... According to Chris here, it says it would have cost about $15 to produce each piece, and then so that would mean that consumers would have to pay 30 And, you know, they thought that would just be too much, so it never really got past this. But it's neat to see. And I guess much later, the uh, presentation board for the piece showed up, which has some nice artwork. And actually, you can see FX7 in his more traditional form, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I just thought that it's something for FX7, you got to try and dig deep. And um, yeah. this is something that I, I had seen before, but I totally forgot about it. Um, so I thought it would be a good time to to kind of dig it back up. The, the presentation board's beautiful. It's got yeah. It's got like some really nice uh, composition where you have R two D two right in the center, and then everyone else is kind of going back in a V. And they have these really strong shadows. It's like it seems to be backlit, and the yeah. and the perspective, you know, the is really really well defined. It's. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what FX7 is doing with that blue arm. Like, what what is, what is going on there with R2 and that big blue arm that he's reaching out for R2? He's playing footsie with him, I think, because <laughs> he doesn't have feet. But it looks like you know what? That actually reminds me of my uh, viewing experience of uh, Man of Steel. Oh, no. <laughs> you guys want to hear that, too, or, or, or you had enough of me? You, you were playing footy with a, with a droid at Man of Steel? No, it was this thing where I, I went to go see Man of Steel, and I went by myself, and this dude walked up, and he was like, is this the 7 or 7.30 showing? Which I didn't know was code, so I said it's the 7.30 showing, and so he sat down one seat over from me, and then the entire movie... He was like leaning over into the seat in between us and then reaching his hand through and gripping around my cup holder. And then he would like flex his hands and like touch my hip. So I had to figure out a way to like wow. to stop him from touching me without making a big deal. So I had to wait till he moved his hand so I could stand up and the seat would fly back. And so I did that and I pretended to go on the phone. And then he got up and then, you know, went into the bathroom. You know, presumably to wait for me, and then I had to sneak back into the room and like go hide, like with a family, 
and that I didn't know. I'd like sit next to like you know this this you know family, and uh, it, was, it was very exciting. It was very distracting. I, I didn't really see the whole movie, but uh, yeah. So that, that I, I have I have so many I have so many questions after that. I, I just I don't know where to start. <laughs> okay. The first that pops to mind is. Is um is cup holder a euphemism for something, or that really was cup holder that he was reaching for? It, 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 sure. it, it really was a cup holder, but it, it definitely was suggestive. Oh, okay, okay. His his hand movement was was suggestive. Um, not not a particularly handsome man either, um, but it was uh, yeah it was, it was a very strange experience because uh, you know I I don't always feel sympathy for for what women have to go through dealing with men, but uh, that, that was. Uh, well, that was that was an unpleasant experience. Do you feel do you feel do you feel sympathy, poor man? who's probably still waiting in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's true. Actually, <laughs> I, I do because you know that's it's got to be disappointing. But anyways, that's when I see FX Seven. That was actually what I thought of, and I thought, should I tell the story? <laughs> and I figured I've all, I've already been borderline racist and uh, telling inappropriate jokes, so I might as well talk about uh, someone trying to cruise me at uh, the Victor Cinema. Oh I, I think, if, if, if I may be so bold, I think maybe when you think, um, should I tell that story, you should pause a little longer before you make the decision. I don't know. I'm just saying, maybe maybe that's worth playing with. Look, I'm not, oh, I shouldn't have phrased it like that. Maybe that's worth thinking about. I don't know. Maybe. But you know, you know, you know what, I'm going to, what I'm going to ask, Steve? What's that? Did, did, I, did I go too far, Steve? <laughs> Well, let's see. That comes down to your editing decision once you hear it yeah, again. Indeed, that, it does. <laughs> I mean, if you if you do look close to FX closely at FX Seven, he is kind of like a phallic symbol. I mean, yeah. Nothing. There's there's something kind of so it does re- it does relate to the show. Yeah, it does relate to the show, and he's really like infringing on the personal space of R2D2, but. Uh, hey, McLeod. Uh, of course, perhaps perhaps Artu enjoys it. There's nothing, no indication that he's pulling away or anything. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's a whole yeah. other discussion because everyone always yeah. teases C-3PO as being effeminate. But who's to say R2D2 is not effeminate? That's right. Yeah. Anyways, okay, good. Now I've officially gone too far. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I, but if you, if you look. If you look behind you and you see the lion, you've gone too far. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, no, this was all Steve. And actually, to be honest, the unloved item is also all Steve. But there is something that is all Sky. <laughs> so this was an idea I had while I was, I was sitting around trying to think of what I can scare you guys with by sending you a six-page uh, thing. And so I thought... You know, we always do these these commercials. You know, where we'll have a Kenner commercial on, and we act like it's a real commercial, and ha ha ha. Um, but I'd never seen this commercial. Well, I'm sure I'd seen it, but I'd never paid attention to it. And it was a commercial that featured FX7, and it just has more beauty and more poetry than anything I've ever seen in any of these commercials. So I thought, why not act out the entire commercial? <coughs> Uh, along with a sort of additional commentator who will just make it generally more silly and overthought. What, what do you think, Steve? <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's got potential. <laughs> are, are you guys ready? Do you see your lines? <laughs> uh, yeah, I see. Uh, there are, are there any racial or homosexual overtones? <laughs> or? No, actually, not, not, not this time. <laughs> it's, it's a first for the okay. show. 
<laughs> actually, there are racial overtones. Actually, there are because, uh, as you'll see, there's there's three kids in. in was, uh, thank you so much. Well, I was going to forget. There's three kids. There's a blonde kid, a brunette, and an African American kid. And the blonde and the brunette have like six lines, and the African American kid doesn't say anything. And his hand is never featured in the video. So you see him just for one long shot, but all the close-ups and all the speaking lines, he's not in them. So uh, it's, you know, kind of tokenism and uh, sort of clear racism right there. So there you go. And as far as I know, you know, one or two of those kids could could be gay. Who knows? Um, I'm, I'm going to add that one out. <laughs> and could be listening to the show right now. And could be, yeah. That would, that's, that's definitely a grail for the show is interviewing one of the kids. So anyways, I now present to you Kenner Commercial Theater. A warm, sunny day in a suburban backyard. Children are playing out the push and pull of good versus evil on Hoth. We start with a rebel soldier carrying the wounded, bearer, the wounded body of an Imperial snowtrooper. Like Mary Magdalene holding the lifeless corpse of her son and savior, his only wish is to see life where it has left. Imperial stormtrooper is injured, FX7. I'll save him. We see that one bl- <laughs> That was a really good... I'm sorry. That was a really good FX7 voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We see that one blonde, one brunette, and one silent African-American boy play in the blissful harmony of innocent recreation, recreation. A voice from another world, a godlike voice. The Kenner narrator tells us the following... From Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection, action figures each sold separately. Chewbacca's hurt, too. A rock will have to serve as an operating table for both the hero and the villain as the medical droid stands between them, his many arms akimbo, bringing medical aid to both, regardless of their position in this pointless and destructive war. The narrator continues as the operation takes place. FX-7 has eight movable arms. Then, the two enemies, in battle they do not choose, talk to each other. Perhaps this is the first and last times the two sides will listen, and not just hear. The rebel soldier says, The medical droid did it. The stormtrooper says, You you saved me, rebel soldier. Why? The camera pans out, showing the fresh-faced boy as he delivers this line. It is not just about the toy, but about the morality of play. When the Force is with you, your duty is to do good. But, as it is ever in Star Wars, there's a price tag attached to the lesson. The voice of God has one more thing to add. (laughs) FX-7, Rebel Soldier, Imperial Stormtrooper, and Chewbacca action figures, each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection, from Keller. And scene. Stormtroopers injured FX-7. I'll save him. From Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Action figures each sold separately. Chewbacca's hurt too. FX-7 has eight movable arms. The medical droid did it. You saved me, Rebel Soldier. Why? When the Force is with you, your duty is to do good. FX-7, Rebel Soldier, Imperial Stormtrooper, and Chewbacca. Action figures each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. From Kenner. I, I don't wow. know. Was that was that too silly? Was that was that uh, was that? Uh, was it like the sky coup, or is it something that should just just go away? What, what do you think, Steve? <laughs> I, I don't know. We're gonna have to hear uh, hear it played back, maybe with a, some uh, 
some ambiance. Do, I don't know. Do, do. Well, yeah, but, and some editing. Yeah, what we'll do is we'll yeah. just we'll, you'll you'll hear the actual commercial right afterwards, and you'll see it. But I just there's something about that that commercial that is just unlike anything else. Because I read a comment on YouTube saying that uh, that Kenner must have been watching Mash, because. The whole idea of the rebels taking a stormtrooper and operating on him actually is pretty beautiful, you know. Yeah, that's uh, it's <laughs> not what you'd expect. I mean, like, it reminds me of like um, when you watch He Man, and He Man like always saves Skeletor. You know, I was like, you can't save Skeletor; he's the bad guy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to, yeah, to tell you the truth, there's, there's really not that, like, it doesn't seem like there's that, like, many FX7 pre-production items out there, or even, like, rare FX7 things, but, uh, I don't know, one, there was one, uh, piece, I don't know if you guys remember or not, but, uh, I figured this would be a good time for a Matthias drop here. Matthias, uh, Matthias turned up, um, like a Power of the Force mock-up FX7. Uh, eBay, except it, it was kind of like a mock-up, but it had been taken off the card. It was you know one of the revenge mock-ups. I was, it was probably like a few years back already. I don't even remember. That came from Hyde Catlin, and you know Hyde had sold off most of his stuff in the later nineties, um, but I guess he still has a few boxes of stuff, and uh, maybe pulled that out and didn't realize it was worth anything, and then it popped up on eBay. So it was basically like a revenge proof card with a piece of cardboard stuck to it. And, you know, there were several other of these revenge mock-ups that came out in the late 90s. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get one of them back in the day. Don't have it anymore. But, uh, uh, it, it's kind of interesting because they're, they're referred to as revenge mock-ups or the first revenge of the Jedi card figures. But in reality, I don't, I don't think they are because uh, what High did, I think he actually peeled off a little return sticker that was on the card. Um, to get them to be revenge stickers. Because on every one of those mock-ups, you can kind of see that uh, there's like a little bit of uh, tear over the word revenge. Huh. Anyway, that's how I remember mine being. Anyway, so really not even the first ever revenge card figures, because I think they covered them up for Toy Fair and made them return the Jedi figures, because their, their goal was to make it look as like the... Uh, product that's coming out they wouldn't want revenge on there showing up at toy fair so they probably just took the proof card and then covered it up with a little return sticker which subsequently got peeled off so it became revenge mock-ups but wow yeah no, that, that's anyway, that was a, like a little matthias matthias drop and a little uh little story there for yeah it's mock-ups it's neat because i i was actually looking it up and I love doing this where I found the thread where he talks about it. And I was like, I don't remember this at all. And then there is my post. It's <laughs> 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 like, awesome find, Matthias. Uh, uh, well, that's why we do the show. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that is really cool. I, I'm almost at the point, Steve, where I may want to buy an FX7 now. You're, you're, you're on the brink. <laughs> I'm on the brink. I just, I don't know. Ugh. No, I don't think I can do it. Uh, <laughs> how about a? How about a? Maybe you can get a PDT eight. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what's the link? You, you guys, you guys, there's like radio silence. You guys don't even know what that is. <laughs> He's as clumsy as he is stupid. Yeah. 
It's the mini rig, right? That was his vehicle, man. Yeah, that was. That vehicle. was his vehicle. Oh man! Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. PDTA has some link to FX7. You treat Mog as stupidity. Yeah, well, most definitely. He's riding that thing. He's driving it. Really? <laughs> yeah, that, you're that absolutely was right. Story, so wait. He, you're absolutely yeah, he right. Kinda, yeah. He got left in the. He kind of got left in the dust again because when the like when the special offer came out, they didn't they didn't include a special offer FX7 figure again. They they included the you know, the special offer 21B with that PDG8. So then uh, 21B getting all the love and FX7 left in wow. the dust. Well, you know, I've never thought. Okay, so. Now we actually have the answer. How does uh, FX7 get around? Um, I'm actually going to cut out the part where Steve and I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> but the mini rig PDT8. <laughs> See, Mark, this is the magic of editing. The mini rig PDT8, which apparently Will had never heard of. No, um, <laughs> I never noticed. I never noticed that FX7 was driving this thing. And you were just sitting on this the whole time, Will. You had this little this little piece of information you were just going to spring on us, huh? That's common knowledge. I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I mean, I guess I've never you guys even don't have the mini rigs, or yeah, I don't have the mini rigs. I, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever actually <laughs> seen the PDT8, Steve. What is happening to me? <laughs> it's a pretty weak mini rig by, uh, by any means. Uh, well, it would have to be. If, it goes along well with FX7. Yeah, if FX7 really is driving it. All right, you know, let, let's spend uh, some real time with this picture because now that I've discovered a Star Wars thing that apparently I'd never really thought about existing. I mean, it's essentially like they're playing like, uh, like you know, when you play the chicken game where you get on someone's shoulders and you fight in the pool. <laughs> it looks kind of that way with, you know, uh, Han Hoth sort of like riding on top of, you know, in front of uh, R2 and then C-3PO with FX7. And everyone else is just kind of watching. No? <laughs> but anyway, so that answers the question, how does FX7 get around? The personnel deployment transport. That, that's how he gets around. That's, Even that uh, name. Wow. Well, <laughs> that must be how he escaped from Hoth. I mean, like, how, how is that guy going to get out of the Hoth base when it's just getting trashed by the, by the Imperials and he can't move around? He's got, he's got to need, need some way to get out of there. And that's the PDG-8. Yeah. And it makes sense. It's one number more than FX-7. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> you got it. And you know what? Maybe it's not a, a mini rig. Maybe it's a droid. Maybe we can just pretend it's a droid. Maybe we can create a cartoon series called FX Seven and PDT Eight, and they can kind of like travel like they each need each other. You know, like FX Seven can provide first aid. PDT Eight can move. You know, like <laughs> they can sort of like go to the. They have like adventures in Hoth and like figure out what's happening with their life. No. <laughs> what did I, I put in that New York water? <laughs> no. uh, well, I, I oh. for one, would watch The Adventures of PDT-8 and FX-7. That's just me. Would you watch, would you watch it at a movie theater with a guy going <laughs> over? And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still trying to get over that Man of Steel story. I, I, I kind of lost it since yeah. you told that. Um, I, 
I, it broke my concentration a little. I thought, um, I'm not sure about this. Um, yeah. I actually feel I feel for the I feel for the poor man who's still in the restroom. Yeah. I mean, the least you could have done was let him down gently. Yeah, exactly. He probably thought he found he thought he found his soulmate. Yeah. And and now suddenly. Ah, suddenly he's still waiting there alone in the restaurant. He is, yeah. I, yeah, that's, uh, there's no easy... Playing with his PDTA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's actually what I thought you were going. I thought you were saying PDA. So, like, you know, public display of affection. I thought you were actually making a callback oh, to, to nice. who I now oh, call yeah. the Man of Steel. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, all this before we even get to the unloved item of the month, Steve. <laughs> Well, there's no better time to get to the Unloved Light of the Month than 1.16 a.m. So, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to it now. You don't hate, only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. The unloved and the unnatural. All right, now see, my, my hope is that after hearing the unloved drop, the audience is sitting there thinking about my animated adventures of PDT-8 and FX-7, and they're realizing it really is such a bad idea. Um, <laughs> all right, so Steve, what is this unloved thing? Why did you pick it? What's going see, on? See, part of the reason I picked it because I wasn't quite sure what it was, but uh, it's a line of products put out by Presto Magics, um, and they are rub-down transfers. And I got the basic idea. I mean, I guess I never had these as kids, but it's, it's a way of taking these really obscure images from Empire Strikes Back and creating your own scenes with them. And it just seems really psychedelic compared to some of the other stuff that was made at the time. The one I thought most about was just the Dagobah bog planet, and it just looks like a, a poster you'd see in a, a head shop or something. It just has that <laughs> vibe to it. But it, it's really cool at the same time. I wish I could see a, a better close-up of the artwork, but then there's a whole line of them for, for Empire and Jedi, and I had never once heard of or seen these before, and I was just curious if anyone else had now, I don't know much about PDT-8s, but I remember playing with Presto Magics, right? Did you play with these, Will? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I really did. I know I, I, I've, ha- I've had some throughout the years, like that I've gotten collections that have been unused. And, but, um, no, I, don't, I never played with them, sorry. Well, okay. Well, I remember them. So they're 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 basically like uh, like temporary tattoos that right. you put on paper, okay. and much like temporary tattoos, unless you do it exactly correctly, they are wildly unsatisfying because you think it's gonna you think it's gonna look like the front, but then it gets like a little bit crinkled, and then you try and uncrinkle the thing that's a little bit crinkled, and then it just gets totally crinkled and. Yeah, but they're they're a pretty fun toy, and this is some pretty far out. I mean, even without the bog, just yeah. the 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 Tie Fighter with this crazy, I don't know what, like lightning going through it. Yeah, that's that's what I would call that. <laughs> yeah, and this is definitely you're right with a head shop because there's a huge mushroom, just a gigantic <laughs> mushroom that Yoda's looking at, and uh, or you know like an Almond Brothers album cover. Oh yeah, that that would work too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, it makes me want to try one. I mean, these these look. 
Oh, Steve, I, it can mess up like the pH balance in your brain. And I mean, they say you can come back, but you can't always come back. No, you just got to be right. careful with hallucinogens. Oh, you meant the Presto Magics. Okay. <laughs> I was say, you got to watch out for those rub down transfers. They, they can really. <laughs> uh, now, do, do, do they have these in Australia, Mark? Well, you know, I've never seen the uh, Star Wars ones until I, I don't know uh, something from someone uh, many years ago, like in the early 90s. And uh, when they shipped it to me, they included one of these things. I thought, what is this? So that's the first time I'd seen it. And I still have it sealed to this day. I've never actually opened it and tried it. I wonder if it still works. But, yeah, I wasn't that familiar with them. I've, we've had other similar um, rub-down transfer things. I'm familiar with the concept. But the Star Wars one was probably early 90s before I'd seen it, seen it at all. Yeah, you know, the more I, I, I look at these, these are really awesome, Steve. This is a nice little area. Yeah. Fine. I mean, it's kind of like the, the, the weird Hungarian day cards. You know, I get the sense right. you could probably pick up a pretty good amount of these with, with not, too much, uh, not too much work. Right. Um, or I don't know. Or maybe, actually probably maybe. a lot of patience, <laughs> but not a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems like the Empire Strikes Back ones have the funkier art. And some yeah. of them, they, they don't even succeed in making look interesting. No, like, no. Uh, <laughs> There's one that's Deck of the Star Destroyer. Right. <laughs> and it's just like a kind of like an explosion and like a, a, <laughs> With an, a, X-wing. an X-wing. Yeah, it's very plain. <laughs> yeah. But they are 75 cents, so Oh, well, you know. You can either get a Presto Magics or you can get one and a half Anakins. Right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they're still I think they're still going for about 75 cents now. <laughs> yeah. Uh well actually now that I've finally uh paid uh t- I finally paid Todd Chamberlain for the Chewbacca that I bought last year. Uh, maybe we can ask him if he has uh, some of these around. I actually finally paid him today because I'm like, I'm going to be talking to Will. And he might have asked Will to ask me for my money. <laughs> I better, better uh, but the, 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 there's some really cool... I'm, I'm like 100% I'm sure that Todd Chamberlain has some Presto Magics that yeah. are available for sale. One dollar flicks. Market watch. Um, I'm actually going to start recording here because uh, while I haven't been recording, we've actually had a very interesting and fun conversation. Um, we, we were talking about the market watch um, because Will and Mark weren't exactly clear on what a correspondent is. Um, Mark asked if they were paid in Jorgulia's points, um, which which I like a lot. I think that's how we'll pay people. Actually, we'll be paying you guys as well. Um, you'll, you'll be getting some some uh, Jorgulia's points. I will be I will be cashing those in at Chris's house. Excellent. Um, yeah, and and they were commenting on how much work goes into this, and that it really is. If you're just listening to the show and you're not com- you're not contacting. Uh, not contacting one twenty six a.m. and you're not consulting uh, with Kivecast, <laughs> Market Watch, dot dot WordPress, dot WordPress or is a Blogspot. It's it's WordPress every single time. <laughs> if you're not consulting with Kivecast, Market Watch, dot WordPress, dot com, you're really missing out um, because uh, what Pete and Brisbane Brisbane Mike, fantastic Pete and Brisbane Brisbane Mike, have been doing is just creating this resource where 
every month they catalog the most interesting things that are happening on eBay. And that, much like Chris Joglius's scrapbook, that's going to be there forever. Um, so the the thing that we often say, Mark and Will, is, you know, our show is like Laverne and Shirley, and the Market Watch blog is like Happy Days. <laughs> it's like right. it's like a spinoff that will probably wind up being better than the original thing. How is that as an intro, Steve? Ah, that's that's good. I'm saying yeah, that the reason you want to go to KiveCastMarketWatch.wordpress.com, that's that's where all the the meaty info is. We're just kind of giving a brief, like the Sports Center highlights here. Um, but the the first item, this is this is going back to to May. We have a, a bit of a backlog with Pete, um, but it's all good stuff. Uh, the first thing is it's a, a Spanish Han Solo Bespin that sold for. About fifty six hundred bucks, um, and I mean we've we've had a couple Spanish things discussed before, but this is a uh, recently voted the haunt, you know, handsomest Han, as I like to say. Uh, but it's, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys collect any of the foreign stuff like this? Will I? Uh, I yeah, I I don't spend that much money on it. Um, I like I, I have an, I don't think I have a Spanish example. I maybe have like one example from each country type thing. I got like okay. a full police card stormtrooper, or a, you know, I've got like a Return of the Jedi Spanish snaggletooth, like the cheaper ones. I, I haven't really spent too much money on the on the foreign stuff because it's, uh, or I should say, international stuff. Yeah, because one, it's expensive, and two, it's kind of not my not really nostalgic for me. I kind of go for more of the U.S. stuff. I'm, I'm old school like that. Right. What about you, Mark? No, I, I don't, unfortunately. I wish, I wish back in the day I focused a lot more on the local Aussie stuff, but uh, back in the day it was always considered inferior to the American products, so I think you'll find a lot of, of um, Aussies back in the day would focus on, on the American stuff. It just didn't seem quite right if it wasn't American. Now, now of course, everyone scrambles for toy toy stuff. Yeah. Boy, I, I tell you, yeah. we're going to be talking a lot about foreign stuff here, and it's yep. it's all a lot. It's funny because when I got serious about collecting vintage back in 2004, must have been, I, um, I, yeah, I went really heavy into the, uh, into the foreign stuff, and I remember feeling like I overpaid all the time. But now I look back and I'm like, oh, phew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I paid, ooh, $600 for a 12-back Clipper Chewbacca, and everyone was like, oh, man, the new kid, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, yeah, but wow. See, yeah, I mean, I, the next, I think the next thing, one of the other auctions that's already been pulled, but the next one that, that's available is, speaking of Chewbacca, it's it's a Palatoy that sold for almost the same as that uh, that Han Bespin. It's like 5500 So, I mean, yeah. did you, you, have a, you have one of these in your collection, right? I have a card back. Um, oh, okay. No, the 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 Chewbacca Palatoy twelve back because it's the rarest of yeah. the Palatoys. You have to compete with with British people, which is right. fine. Except they have really strong currency and um, they really care about Palatoy. Like I, I think they care more about Palatoy than anyone any other country cares about their own product. Wait, what do you think about that? Do you think that's do you think that's right, Will? Um, yeah, I think it's also the, the price is probably up also because, um, like the 12 back collectors too, like the, and the, the 12 back collectors can like branch out and, you know, go for the foreign stuff. So now you got Palatoy collectors, you got 12 back collectors, 
you got chewy collectors, and it happens to be the rarest Palatoy um, 12 back. So I think that's probably why I want so high. Yeah, I mean, I remember back in 2000, probably six, I was offered one for I think it was like 1500 or 2000 around there, and I remember thinking, ah, yeah, I'll just wait till that one goes down a bit. <laughs> so <laughs> played the market to a T. But the funny thing is, it doesn't actually, like, you'd think that it would really bug me as a completionist, but I think because I sort of, I don't know, it just doesn't bug me. I've just, it, I've never actually really cared that much about that piece, um, which is a funny thing. Oh, wow. This next one is awesome. Yeah. What is it, Steve? <laughs> Talking about the uh, the Japanese full set? Yes. Now, I think way back in, like, the whatever that episode was that you were in Japan, Konnichiwa. you got the correct... Yes, that's right. The, the correct pronunciation of, of this. Is it poppy or poppy? Absolutely. <laughs> see, I was going to see if you remember, because I, I can't. Every I single pronunciation thing, yeah. I forget the second I ask yeah. it. So when we asked yeah. Brisbane Brisbane Mike, <laughs> how do you pronounce it? He said it, and I still don't remember it. I remember asking about Popey Poppy. I don't remember. Uze, I don't remember. I always ask. I always get the answer. I always say, there we go. The only thing I can remember. What's the only thing I can remember to pronounce correctly, Will Grief? George Julius. Thank you. That's the only <laughs> thing I can remember. Uh, for, the, for the record, Sky, it's, it's like Orange Julius, right? <laughs> yeah, Orange Julius, that's it. What's that one? I was just saying, for the record, it's Briz. Okay. I will remember to forget that next week. Uh, yeah. but, but how would you know? You're in Perth. Um, so, yeah, so it's... That's, I, that's true, but, but I, have, I have been to... You have been, okay. And I believe, I believe these, are, these are popey, I think, is what Duncan, I think, refers to them as. So I, I tend to defer to Duncan's knowledge with this kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a, a, a sealed figure set. For how much, Steve? Fifty-two twenty-five. That's, I mean, it's a gorgeous set. So, so quick question, Mark: Would you rather have a complete set of sealed popies or the Han Solo Bespin? Yeah, uh, and, and you know, Spanish oh. Han Solo Bespin. I, I think I like the complete set of popies. Actually, it's very nice. Okay, what about you, Will? I would probably take the uh, the ESB Spanish it's all best one because I, I don't have an ESB Spanish card I only have the Return of the Jedi one and plus it's uh, probably a little more saleable or resaleable than the not that I would resell it but uh, if I try to get my money back out of it like five grand is a lot of money for any production room, so. right and what about you Steve I mean I, I think I gotta go with the, the set uh, just it's just something about having a complete set of something. It's it's a tough thing to do. Mm. So yeah, yeah. I, I would I would uh, I would probably go for the set too. But if it was the Chewbacca Palatoy, you know, I'd probably go for the Chewbacca Palatoy. But that's yeah. why I didn't pick that one. <laughs> but yeah, no. The 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 Popey set it's just great and it it really displays nicely. And uh, yeah, you should in the event that you listen to this show. But you know that our earlier shows aren't as good as our current shows, I hope. Um, the Japanese one, that's one of our better early shows because um, there's a lot of interesting stuff with, uh, with Takeda. So. 
But you know, so did these, can, can I ask a question? Yeah. Did these, did, did these actually shrink like it's sort of shrink wrapped as a set of twelve in a the pulpy figures? Oh, did they actually come the, the way? You know, I haven't even actually looked yeah. at the auction yet. I yeah, I really <laughs> they all shrink wrapped as a set. Oh wow! So they're they were they're all sealed together as one piece. Wow! It looks like it. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So I I usually actually only look at the auctions when I'm trying to determine uh, you know how to make the episode enhanced. But it looks as though all of these Popey figures, so these boxed Popey figures, are all in one case. Yeah, that that is amazing. It, it does look that way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Wow. So yeah, that's that's yeah. Well, then uh, yeah, that definitely uh, that definitely makes it uh, probably yeah. Huh. Yeah, they're, they're all in order. Well, they I, go to twelve. Totally news to me. Well, there you go, Steve. What do we say? Every <laughs> month, there's something that we learn that's new. Yep. And this is new. That I guess that's the question we could ask of our listeners, kivecast at gmail dot com. Uh, do you know about this? About them being wrapped up like this, and is this how they really were sold originally? I mean, did they all come like this, or did some of them come shipped individually? Well, yeah, I think they were. Uh, I think they were packed in the display because I know Andy Loney had like a display full of them. So I don't, I don't, uh, I can't even look at the auction right now. But um, is it sure like it's packed in display, or just like they're all shrunk wrapped together? Yeah, they're all shrunk wrapped together, like uh, like mm-hmm. the C five um, uh, cereal. That's the, that's the image that came to mind was the cereal boxes but like that like when you- in the tray, but all shrink wrapped. So uh, yeah, I never heard of that before. It's like, I think they were supposed to—they were individually sold, like in a counter display box. Yeah, that's—it's it's really strange. Hmm. Well, maybe maybe we'll learn more about that. I would actually put this into the news section at this point because, uh, yeah, that's really cool. And then what's nice is when you have these super high-priced, insanely rare things. You know, like you say, oh, that's really expensive, but at the same time, it kind of makes sense. You know. That that a pal toy Chewbacca would sell for six grand. I mean, it's outrageous, but at least it's that rare. And then you have something like the next thing, Steve. <laughs> That's right. The uh, the Luke double telescoping carded figure that sold for thirteen thousand five hundred or thereabouts. Wow. Yeah. Now, Mark, you've been uh, you've been uh, collecting for a long time. What's your feeling about a thirteen thousand dollar double telescoping Luke? Well, if, if that's what someone is prepared to pay for it, I guess that's, that's it. I, I'm, I'm not sure it's something I'd go after. Yeah. But it, it's obviously there are people who want it. Okay. Well, I, I was hoping for a more incendiary answer, so can you say something rude about this idiot? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just say that, I mean, it seems like uh, thing, you know things go in, in waves and... Um, especially like iconic pieces where, you know, the vinyl Cape Jalo is an uh, iconic piece for a while. And, you know, actually that's maintained its value pretty well. And then, you know, no one really knew about double telescoping lightsabers or carded double telescoping light figures, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. And now it's become one of those, you know, grail items for a lot of people, anybody collecting carded figures or 12 backs or whatever. So, you know, I, it doesn't surprise me. Then AFA eighty five double telescoping Luke 
a cheap thirteen five. I but I personally would never pay that much for. It. I mean, there's there's like much rarer figures that go for a lot less. Uh, it, you know, it used to be like a you know maybe like a five thousand dollar figure maybe four or five years ago. And now it's it's more than double in price. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. That's not really in ten year, but uh, no, it's okay. That's that's, uh, it. Yeah, no, I, I it's it, it does make you wonder, you know, how much, you know, that you could have bought the uh, the Han Solo Bespin, the Han Solo Hoth, and the Chewbacca Pal toy. Uh, actually, that's not true. You could have bought two of those, or you could have bought the double telescoping. So, makes the other thing seem cheap. And then there is a vinyl cape Jawa again for six grand. And uh, that's AFA eighty five. Wow, yeah. That's it's it's funny. Pete does mention that this. I felt I felt to me like we've seen quite a few of these, and he's right. I mean, I think just within the last year or with this this year, we've had three of these on here, and I think he he said he wants to to retire this guy now because it's it's been up here three times, but it just goes to show that there there are out there. It's just a my goodness, yeah. Uh, and then there's something. Oh, what's this, Steve? Something for under a thousand dollars? Yeah, this is <laughs> this is looking good. Um, no, it's uh, one of the ESB vinyl figure carrying cases. It's the uh, the rare of the two with the Wampa on there, and I I always love this thing. Um, I just love the vinyl cases in general, um, but this one was AFA eighty five. It sold for five hundred and sixty. Um, I guess. I mean, I, I don't. Recall seeing too many of these vinyl cases graded, um, but uh, I mean, it is a it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, this is a case where I actually like, or I don't mind grading as much, just because there is something about these kind of it makes it almost look more like a frame for this just outstanding right. artwork. Yeah, yeah. Now, do we see FX Seven right. on there? No, nope. I'm, I'm taking a look. I don't. Nope, he's not on there. <laughs> No, I, I think he's piloting the rebel transport. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> well, he and yeah. his sidekick, of course, PDT Eight. Um, right. I'm not going to let that one go, Steve. No. <laughs> I think I think they're conspiring conspiring to jettison Two One B out of some hatch somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, now it's yeah. my time to shine. I will That's always right. love you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Man. <laughs> and then the the last one uh, sold for. Oh wait, it's not even sold yet. Oh, it did sell. It sold for six hundred and sixty. I mean, it's one of those three packs from the Jedi line where they're in those kind of general looking boxes with the sticker on the front. Mm. Had the Vader uh, stormtrooper, and it's. I mean, these are neat, but um, I mean, I think I had one that I didn't pay much, very much for at all way back when. This was sold for six hundred and sixty. Might just be a case of them being more rare than I thought. I don't know. Right, and then he actually yeah. mentions that there was another auction where it sold for thirteen hundred. Right? Wow. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, thirteen seventy five. Yeah, that was that was the whole. I think his whole point in putting it in here is he wanted to create a whole discussion about when to sell things and when not to. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it. He has a whole thing about when's best time to sell. Because could you imagine buying this for fourteen hundred dollars and then selling it for six hundred? No, that doesn't sound too good. No. Wow. 
There's some there's some pretty rare like multi packs that FX7 is in. I don't know if you want to highlight those or not. But, uh, oh yeah, tell us about them, Will Grief. Yeah, um, there's like an Alden's catalog, like four pack. It's got FX7 and uh, I can't remember the other ones. with the R2s in there, and maybe like a Luke X-wing, and it's it's actually pr- uh, pretty tough to find. And there's you know. Of course, there's a three pack with FX7. That's one of the you know, top three three packs, or nearest three three packs that in the uh, the best in alliance and the Imperial forces, and then there's the um, whatever the Rebel heroes that's got FX7 in it. Wait, I need to pull it up and look at it. Wait, I think y- they refer to him as a hero. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is what it says about Hoth rebels on the three pack. These rebels defend the secret Hoth rebel base against insurmountable odds. You know what? That's inaccurate. They do not defend the base. Oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess they defended the base like, you know, France defended France, you know? Like, not, not, they didn't really, this is a French professor talking, so they didn't really defend it. They sort of, you know, these, these rebel heroes got their asses handed to them in the rebel base, but yeah. You you don't know what was happening behind the scenes with FX7 and PVTA. <laughs> yeah, that's they didn't true. Show that scene in the movie. I'm telling you, it's a whole Rosencrantz and Guildenstern thing. You know? Yeah, like, he, he put up quite a fight. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> PDT, don't <laughs> just keep living. PDT, my heart will go on. Oh man. <laughs> now, now, what was the other? What was the other three? You were talking about an Aldens. I, I couldn't hear you through your uh, North Carolina. Yeah, call. I think it, um, yeah, yeah. It was it was a department store multi pack, and I think it was Aldens and Montgomery Ward, and I'm sure that's on the archive somewhere. Also in the multi pack, um, what do you call it? There's like a special feature on the archive. Oh, okay. It talks about all the multi packs. It's just it's just one of the rarer ones, so just trying to give some kudos to FX7 being a little bit rare sometimes. Yeah, no, I it's uh, I'd never even heard of of that. I mean, it's not like I host a podcast about vintage Star Wars collectibles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know there is more to FX7, and the thing the thing is too is um, unfortunately actually Brisbane Brisbane Mike because we're recording this. Uh, on Friday night, and it's Saturday morning in Perth. It's actually technically 1984 in Brisbane. So I think that's <laughs> I, I, that he's not going to be able to give us his market watch. So that's usually where I I fall in love with the character. So I do appreciate it, Will, that you're able to spare, you know, share some more about uh, about FX7. And you provided the outlet yeah, that Sky needed. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Um, well, I think this is what's going to happen. We're we're going to end the roundtable, and there's two possible endings. I may get to finally interview Alex Slater, who is a FX7 collector, um, but I've been meaning to email him for three weeks, and I have yet to do so. So in the event that I do, I will put that in here now. And then I might have come back from the interview, or we might just be talking. Uh, well, I'll just thanks for having us on the show.
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, I, and I think we should get together again for for two one B and and get Alex Slater along with a second opinion. Yes, that that, that exactly. that's what we could call it—a second opinion with Alex Slater. A second opinion, <laughs> yeah. And I get the sense not that I, not that I doubt not that I doubt Will's um, opinion, but you know, right. And I get the sense there's more. Can I just say, can I just say like one more thing? Absolutely. I'll save him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see, he really, he really buys into his line, you know, because that's what's great about that commercial is it makes FX Seven say, you know, talk. I'll save him, because uh, those commercials have to teach you how to play. Okay, Steve, I'll come back and give my whole talk about the importance of commercials uh, some other time. But yeah, another topic. And I, another I definitely day. get the sense that there's a lot more Mark Salati stories um, for the collector's collector. But I, uh. <laughs> there are, I was trying to focus on collector ones. I've got lots of travel stories for you, okay. but I'm not sure how appropriate they'd be. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, the inappropriate story quota has already been filled by, uh, <laughs> your erstwhile, uh, co host over here, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. The man of feedback. Exactly. Feedback. Oh, wampa wampa feedback. Wampa wampa do. Send us an email and we'll talk back to you. Kivecast at gmail.com is one of them. The other one is the vintage pod at gmail.com. Feedback. Feedback. Well, Steve, uh, you know, we are not good at pretending things on this show. <laughs> no. So we could pretend that uh, that we just recorded the whole show with Will and Mark and or just Will. Um, but actually, we're, we're recording it early so that I can hopefully get some sleep before heading off to Emmaus, Pennsylvania. That's right. Um, so we just recorded the intro, and now we are just recording feedback. Yep. Now, what would you say... What would you say about the feedback to our last show, Steve? I mean, it was good. We, you know, the the forum posts and all that. I, I wouldn't say they're not as as uh, you know long of a list as usual. But I think we got plenty of response to the uh, the polls that we put up, which is great. I mean, that yeah. shows that someone's clicking on something, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I guess we could talk about those. Did you, did you have a look at the results for those yet? I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we had the the loveliest Leia and handsomest. Hansomest time, like I just <laughs> that was just a, a a flub there, but oh well, it works. Um, it does. So I mean, I think basically what we had uh, we'd said last month rang true. Bespin Leia took it with thirty seven percent. Starpuff Leia came in close second. Yep, <laughs> at thirty. Uh, which I mean, this is this is what blows my mind. Poncho came after Boosh. So something just <laughs> unattractive about that Poncho, man. I don't know what. <laughs> well, you know, there's so. something sexy about, about Boosh, you know. I mean, she's, she's you know, powerful and in control and, yeah, she's dressed up yeah, like a right. man, but that's not unsexy. Yeah. No, not necessarily. But, but, all right. <laughs> yeah. But the crazy thing was how much Han Bespin just absolutely just dominated. Yeah, he was, he was the suavest, I guess. But, uh... Yeah, wow, yeah, 55%. And the next one was Han Trench at 17, which I just, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I, I got to say, like, I put a lot of work into the post-production 
Uh, I'm a little disappointed that no one commented on my Daft Punk uh, oh, feedback. Yeah. I mean, come on! <laughs> I did the, the whole Daft Punk feed, you know, the, uh, doing it right, the song off. I don't know if you have the new album, but I like was able to recreate the song, but with you know, Wampa Wampa. That, yeah, see, that takes that takes some uh, some skill. <sighs> it's, it's okay, but you know. <laughs> uh, I got a good uh, a good comment um, from Christian Slade. Who said okay. that um, he listened to the, one of the early shows and then he's been catching up? Yeah, and he's a full-time artist finishing his first batch of Star Wars sketch cards from oh, Tops. Cool. So it's pretty cool that he's he's going back into the archive and listening to every show. Um, right on. So that's really fun. Um, so in the event that you're listening right now, you you gotta you know put the word Wampa somewhere in the drawing that you're doing right now. You're like cool, like secret <laughs> style, and scan it, yeah, and send yeah. it into us. Yep. Um, but you know, you don't obviously have to do that, but, uh, that's pretty fun. I'm sure we're going to be talking to Will too, about listening to too much of our episodes. So I won't go into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Ollie, our good friend in France who brings us cereal and alcohol, yep. um, says the show gets better and better with each new episode. So that's good to hear. Like to hear that. And Steve, yep. Tim Hopkins. Yes. Tim. He sent us a haiku. Really? In honor of you, Steve. Oh man! And I saved. I might might not be able to hear it. (laughs) Okay, it is in honor of you achieving your masters. Oh jeez! Caps, gowns, and tassels—they do not hold the glory of a Kivecast host. Oh man, that is amazing! Isn't that great? (laughs) That's great. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Oh sweet, that's cool. I suppose there's there's some. Makes me feel so so. uh, I don't know, honorable. Yeah, but you are honorable. Well, uh, speaking of which, I guess are you are you satisfied with the other poll results yet? <laughs> no, I'm gonna wait till it says what I want to. <laughs> <laughs> we got 190 votes. That's, that's a good chunk. It is that's a good, fun. but I, I, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have talked about it with uh, with Will and Mark and and, and yeah. ask for their uh, things. Those are but, weighted votes. If, if they they uh, they speak on here, what what they <laughs> exactly, Steve? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Oh yeah. man, but did you see the uh it was like a, a fake fight poster that Chris Botkins made for oh, yeah. uh oh, that that was just spectacular. Yep, it yeah. was uh no, it's Phineas versus versus Bruce and uh <laughs> we'll definitely put that uh, on the Facebook page and, and in the show notes. It is just it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's great because you know, we really have to build this we have to build this this rivalry up. And, yeah. We've got to take their sides and <laughs> uh yeah. Chaos in California. It yeah. was just uh, so good. Well, I guess that's the weird thing about recording the end of the show at the same time as the beginning of the show is we have no idea what we need to wrap up. Yeah, it's true. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. I think it'll it'll work, though. Yeah, I think it will, too. Um, who's our figure next month, Steve? Well, I think it already gave me a title idea for next month's episode, and that, oh my that goodness. would be... Snowtroopers in July, which just, <laughs> I mean, it seems like the most mismatched month for, for a figure, but yeah, it is, it's the, uh, the Imperial Stormtrooper Hoth next month. Awesome. Yeah. Should oh, be good. Well, yeah. We got, we got lots. Maybe we could get, get Joe back on the show to talk about blue stars and all that. Oh man, that would be great. Cause I, I know he just got a blue stars tattoo. So. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Sweet. Now that'd be good. Awesome. Well, I guess uh, that leaves us with our, <laughs> our, our fantasy baseball team, Steve. 
how are how are you doing? Have have you uh, skyrocketed up the standings in the last? Uh, I, I wouldn't say up the standings. My points about le- leveled off. I guess I think if I can stay stay above twenty nine, I'm, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> I, I think I'm at like thirty five or thirty seven or something like yeah. that. Yep, Steve's a uh, twelve out of twelve again. Yep, I'm, hey, you know I, I'm just doing what the Dodgers do, and, and you know, yep. disappointing. So and I'm I'm tied for fourth, so I'm not doing much better. Well, I mean that's a lot better than twelve. <laughs> it is. It is. You got. You got. Cha- you got a chance. You got a yep. chance. I do. Awesome. Well, Steve, um, I'm not used to saying this before we've recorded the whole show. Um, <laughs> what do you think, by the way, about the whole me trying to make like the sort of a surprising like instead of it being a pretty- wampa wampa. <laughs> Adios. Star Wars figures. R2D2. Chewbacca, Luke, and Princess Leia. They're the Star Wars early bird set of figures.